is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. If you want, you can bring up anything that is on your mind with you here in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And Vincent. And of course, you can bring up anything. Uh, that's the point of the program. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We've also got the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at Discord. Dot LRN dot FM. So, you take control of the airwaves. Last night, we had a gentleman call in at the very beginning of the show. He uh, lives in Venezuela, was calling us from Miami. He was at the Miami Bitcoin conference uh, that Mark had attended recently, and he met Mark there, and Mark said, you know what, you really ought to call in, because we do talk about Venezuela here on Free Talk Live. Did you even know that we had that caller last night, no, Vincent? No, Okay, because you brought in Venezuela as your topic here tonight, and it was that caller who clued us in, plus it was also in a news headline I'd, I had but we hadn't shared yet, uh, that there was going to be some major protests taking place today uh, in Venezuela. And uh, people are obviously pretty fed up with the failure of socialism under Nicolas Maduro. I don't know if they're fed up with socialism, but they're fed up with Nicolas Maduro, the uh, current president or dictator or whatever you want to call him. Oh, there. but for not getting free stuff, Ian, so it can't be socialism, or at least for real variety anyways. Well, I mean, they uh, there there are government-like freebies in Venezuela. It's just that they're starving. So, like, there's government housing. And they just don't have enough food. So, like, there's free things coming from the government still. If you're living in subsidized housing, for instance, there's certain, like, governmental subsidized neighborhoods, uh, that kind of thing. But as is typically the case in socialism, you end up running the producers out of the marketplace. In this case, Venezuela literally nationalizing hundreds of industries and or, or companies in different industries and just running them into the ground. So that plus the monetary manipulation that has been an absolute nightmare of hyperinflation for the people there, you've got a real mix of just bad on top of bad on top of bad. And you have people advocating for it to all happen here in the States. Oh, no, 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 no. Ocasio-Cortez says she doesn't want Venezuelan socialism. She wants the Norwegian, Norwegian, Scandinavian socialism. Which, of course, some have looked at and said... Yeah, that's not any more socialist than, say, the United States has socialism, which is to say all of these countries have some socialist policies. Oh, so, something like six out of the ten planks of communism have been are being fulfilled by the U.S. government right now. I think the last time we counted, it was like 7.5 or 8 of them. 7.5. Yeah. Uh, Caracas, reporting from Roy, uh, Reuters, Brian Ellsworth, Mayel Armas, say this about what happened today. Buoyed by a telegenic new congressional chief, Venezuela's opposition is daring to hope that President Nicolas Maduro's days in office could be numbered, but the unpopular leader's bedrock base, the armed forces, show few signs of erosion. Now, what we were talking about yesterday was an uprising by about 27 National Guardsmen recently. Uh, they had taken some weapons. They were going to, you know, making like uh, YouTube videos or some kind of you know, Twitter videos or whatever, kind of uh, trying to encourage people like, okay, now's the time. Let's do something. You know, we in the military are on your side. And they got basically taken out by the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the rest of the military, the rest of Maduro's men. And for those of you who are looking at this situation, we'll get deeper into it here, but you're wondering, because I know we have at least one listener who's a regular listener who always rolls his eyes whenever we talk about Venezuela, as though, you know, there are obviously issues that strike closer to home that for most people are more relevant. It's 
I think, fascinating in kind of a train wreck sort of way to look at what's going gone on uh, in Venezuela and to hopefully take some important lessons away from it as to why it is that socialism is a failure. Oh, absolutely. It could easily happen here and be as much of a disaster. I think the average American household only has three days worth of food supplies. So if, say, like, I don't know, the power goes out or there's, you know, like government, uh, not sponsor, government cause shortages because of socialism or mm-hmm. whatnot, or even have via food stamp money runs out, uh, there's going to be all sorts, you know, it's going to be, there's going to be all sorts of um, violence and chaos and cannibalism. And so like the things make that, that make Venezuelan look like the circus. Opposition sympathizers rallying around opposition leader Juan Guaido are holding open air town hall meetings that buzz with excitement about the legislature's recent challenges to Maduro's legitimacy, who this month began a new term widely slammed as illegitimate. And apparently Trump has also gone against the new term of Maduro, as I understand it. Did you have a, didn't you have a story about that? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, he recognizes the um, the opposition as the official government. Right. So there's other countries in South America as well that are refusing to recognize uh, Maduro at this point. Bolstered by the U.S. and those Latin American neighbors promising to back the opposition in seeking a transition, the Guaido-led Congress last week declared Maduro a usurper and asked foreign governments to freeze bank accounts that are controlled by the Venezuelan government. But with the legislature stripped of its powers by a pro-government Supreme Court and few signs the military high command is prepared to abandon Maduro, the spring in the opposition's step and investor exuberance that it has sparked may prove premature. One active high-duty or high-ranking military officer who asked not to be identified said, quote, The military leadership is faithful to Maduro and will continue to be until he's gone. Uh, now, of course, uh, you know, that's just talk is cheap, right? At some point, there may be a flip. There may be enough m- mutiny within the ranks to make it so the military isn't so faithful, faithful anymore. And that's what they were hoping for today as they were expecting large numbers of protesters across Venezuela. An attack on Caracas military output by two do- – I think they mean outpost. It says here output. By two dozen low-ranking National Guard officers on Monday sparked opposition hopes of an uprising, but the incident was snuffed out quickly. Rocio San Miguel, a military expert with nonprofit group Citizen Control, um, said this, quote, A sergeant at a National Guard outpost is not to me important. What would be important is a situation like that in a major unit or battalion. Congress has declared Maduro illegitimate and promised a transition to a new government, bringing new energy to an opposition that has kept a low profile since protests in 2017 that left 125 people dead but failed to shake Maduro. I don't know how long you've been paying attention to what's going on over there, uh, Vincent, but... I remember the the protests in 2017. They were going on for weeks. Oh, absolutely. Weeks. There was a, uh, I think, like a helicopter attack uh, on a building. That's right. That was the uh, the action star, like their Arnold Schwarzenegger, basically, who literally was former military, grabbed some grenades and stole a helicopter and threw them at the Supreme Court building, and all the while, like making YouTube videos and trying to kind of rile things up. They Just, ended up killing him. Uh, I, I, what I'm interested in is the 125 number that were killed. I mean, just imagine if there was a protest here in the U.S. where 125 protesters were killed. Like, it would be 
nationwide violence. Oh, yeah. But compared to there, I wonder if it's because we're so scared of a government or if information doesn't travel as freely or if we're just used to having that kind of carnage. The excitement has spread from the streets of Caracas to the trading rooms of Wall Street where investors have driven up the prices of the country's defaulted bonds on hopes that a new government will be more likely to resume debt payments. (laughs) Guido got another U.S. vote of confidence on Tuesday as Mike Pence issued a video message of support for those protesting against Maduro. Yes, I mean, isn't it interesting how the U.S. government is always in almost always in favor of some sort of an uprising when it's one of their enemies uh in the world but boy oh boy if you get out into the streets and start causing some uh protest then they will crush you under their boots well i'll take it a step further ian you know i think it's funny that uh, the bank the the u.s will support whatever side the bank support just because whatever side they support is the one that'll make them the most money and yep, the US that's what it's all about suit. that's totally what it's all about soldiers have many reasons to be angry Military installations are steadily decaying along with the rest of the country, and salaries quickly disappear amid two million percent annual inflation. And this is what got me curious. It's like if if Maduro has a, if the status quo guy has a military on his side, and the military is you know going down the drain. Well, I I didn't um I I I didn't understand why they're on his side. I mean, I'm sure the opposition government could like since they're promising change that the military would back them or put their own person in. So. If you are in the military, try to put yourself into one of these guys' shoes. Uh, you have been trained to follow orders. You will do what you're told generally, and they're still taking care of you. Like, if you're in the government in Venezuela, you're getting paid. I mean, like they're saying here, the money doesn't go very far, but you're probably making more than the average Venezuelan is at a lot of things. So if you're feeding your family by supporting Maduro, it's going to be hard to turn against him because then you're going towards a big question mark. There's more coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You dial on in here, take control of the airwaves, and bring up whatever's on your mind. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We've also got the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. And uh, that's where you can join us. You can bring up anything that you want with you tonight. It's Ian. And Vincent. Don't forget, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com, your premier source for everything Bitcoin-related. Perhaps you would like to learn the basics about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. I was just at a hearing at the State House today in Concord, New Hampshire, with a few of the other uh, folks from the area, including Chris Wade, our Friday night co-host. And uh, they had a hearing about a bill that would allow the or I guess require uh, the New Hampshire treasurer or something like that to accept payment in like for tax payments in Bitcoin, which there's only one other state that you can do this in, and that's Ohio. It just happened this year. They allow you to pay business taxes in Bitcoin. I'm not sure exactly which taxes would be payable if this bill goes through in Bitcoin, uh, but uh, you talk about some people that need some basics. The state reps on this committee... They definitely need to go through the Bitcoin.com Academy so they can understand what Bitcoin really is. Um, I'll have the video of that hearing probably sometime tomorrow, I would guess, on the Freaking YouTube channel if you want to check that out. Meanwhile, get over to Bitcoin.com and you can learn the basics about Bitcoin and crypto. If you don't need the basics, let's say you want to get the latest news headlines, they've got that too. 
plus the Bitcoin Forum, where you can engage with the community and more. Go to Bitcoin.com. Now, there was one point of clarification, uh, Vincent, I guess. Or you told me during the break that uh, the 125 people that died, uh, you thought that was today. Yes, yes. I don't know what happened today yet. I have not actually read the reports on the details of the protests um, but the 125 people was from 2017, and that was over a series of many weeks. So it went for like it was in the springtime, basically spring, early summer, and it went for I think two or three months. I see. I understand. Okay, that makes sense. Why people weren't as much up in arms? Like 150 in one day, that would be you know, one right. Thing. And a lot of the 125 weren't even killed by Maduro's uh, government gang. Maduro also has private gangs as well. So he's got like, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of uh, the word. There's a certain term for them that, um, and I, I'm sure I could look it up, but these essentially low-life thugs, they're not even that probably. They're just thugs who are on Maduro's side. And so he gives them guns, apparently, and it's illegal to have a gun if you're just the average person in venezuela because maduro it was either maduro or chavez outlawed guns at some point Uh, so they used to have them they don't anymore so these people are average people from venezuela so not military not police who since they side with maduro they've been allowed to be armed and then they can go out and do the dirty work that the let's say the police or the military can't be seen doing sounds a lot like antifa Sure, uh, except this time actually being funded by the government, whether they're being funded by the government in the U.S. is probably up for debate. I would suggest likely not. Um, but I wanted to clarify that situation. According to the story here at Reuters.com, the military installation – so they're, they're looking at the situation with the soldiers in Venezuela, soldiers who are publicly stating they are standing by their man, Mr. Maduro. And the article kind of questions the status of the soldiers right now in in, uh, in Venezuela, saying that the military installations are decaying along with the rest of the country. Salaries quickly disappear amid 2 million percent annual inflation. The guy on the phone last night said in Venezuela, if you go into a bar and you order a drink and then you order another drink, the price has gone up between the first and the second drinks. The The, the prices of the drinks is higher by the end of the night. So you don't want to open a tab if you're in Venezuela. You want to pay for a beer, pay for the next beer, and probably want to pay for all three all at once, right? Like if you're planning on drinking three so beers. So they update the prices in like real time. As often as they can, yeah. It's crazy. So more than 4,000 low-ranking officers deserted the military last year, according to official documents seen by Reuters. Opposition legislators are developing an amnesty proposal meant to coax disgruntled military leaders into turning on Maduro based on what they say are conversations with active officers who are eager for change. So there's the official line. You know, if you're being interviewed by the the media in Venezuela and they're like, well, tell me what you think about Maduro. If you don't say, boy, he's just the greatest president we've ever had. Things are wonderful out there. Yeah, you might be a little hungry, but you know what? You'd be starving if it weren't for the government. Um, But, of course, the real feelings are going to be different. Cliver Alcala, a retired army general who was close to Hugo Chavez, but fell out with a ruling Socialist Party in 2016, said the disputed inauguration has damaged Maduro's image among the troops. Quote, the barracks are not totally convinced that Maduro is really president. 
he said in an interview. But Maduro has worked hard to keep the military on his side, well aware of its crucial role. I mean, yeah, the military is what's standing in between an angry mob of people and this man being hoisted from, you know, hoisted on a spit over a barbecue grill so people can get fed. He's put officers in charge of key posts in the government and the state oil company, which is called PDVSA, while offering lucrative oil field service contracts for military-linked firms. Well, that guy's pretty portly. Yeah, I guess they would have a decent Maduro. From him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's for for well. a leader of a starving country, yeah. uh, empathizing of your people there, Maduro. Authorities have pursued military personnel suspected of plotting against the government, which human rights groups say has led to torture of suspected dissidents and abuse of family members. The armed forces will be will also be sensitive to the lessons of the 20th century. Promises of a military quick fix to political instability in Latin American countries, including Brazil and Chile, gave rise to dictatorships that lasted for as long as 21 years and were later demonstrated to have abysmal records on human rights. And so the armed forces have remained silent as the economic collapse has left millions struggling to eat. Military leaders are, quote, not in the slightest bit concerned about maintaining their professional commitments, said the high-ranking military officer. They're concerned about protecting themselves. And for right now, the military is taking care of their men the best they can. You know, they are feeding them, although there was one story a year or two ago about how some in the uh, either police or the military had like captured a stray goat and had slaughtered it because they were so hungry. So they're probably eating better than your typical Venezuelan, but I don't know how much better. One would think uh, that they they would have just stockpiles of food in case like a war break out. Like they have they oil probably have a lot of rations, like oil reserves, because like if you're gonna feed, you know, if you might as well feed someone, it's gonna be the guys with guns protecting you. Exactly. And so that's what's going on. Now, you've got a statement from Donald Trump about uh, his opinion about Nicholas Maduro. Oh, not just his opinion, his official royal decree. Okay, I want to hear it. Absolutely. So a statement, it's called Statement from the President Donald J. Trump recognizing Venezuelan National Assembly President Juan Gu- uh, Guaido, Gu- Guaido? Guaido, Guaido? as know. the interim president of Venezuela. Uh, today I'm officially recognizing the president of Venezuelan National Assembly, Guaido. Juan Guaido as the interim president of Venezuela. Hold that thought. We'll continue here in moments. And again, it's not just Trump. It's a bunch of Latin American countries also basically doing the same thing. Um, I think the list of countries recognizing Maduro is much shorter. you got countries like uh, Iran and Russia on that list. More coming up. The Bitcoin.com wallet is a simple and powerful full-featured wallet that allows you to send and receive Bitcoin, BTC, and Bitcoin Cash, BCH, with anyone, anywhere in the world. It supports both single and multi-signature wallets and is available in multiple languages. The Bitcoin.com wallet is available on Windows, Linux, Mac, Android, and iOS devices. Use the Bitcoin.com wallet to buy, send, store, and receive both Bitcoin, BTC, and Bitcoin Cash, BCH. Learn more at wallet.bitcoin.com. That's wallet.bitcoin.com. Hey, it's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us here. we got more from Trump's statement uh, about Maduro, the Venezuelan dictator who has assumed a second term in office and many uh, nations around, you know, nation-state 
representatives are saying publicly, no, we don't recognize this. Trump further saying he's going to recognize the opposition leader as the interim president. And uh, there may be more sanctions uh, coming as a result of uh, the controversy down there in Venezuela and the ultimate abject failure of the Venezuelan socialist state. You can join us here and comment on whatever's on your mind. we got more of that on the way, plus your calls and thoughts. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Let's go to the phones, in fact, to the Discord on-air call-in-line rooms, where Mark Edge is on the line with us, calling from Houston. Hello, Mark. Hey, how's this audio working? I haven't done this before. Sounds all right. I'm glad things are working out. All right. What's so I up? just wanted to tell tell you my adventures at the airport. Um, the TSA has been in, you know, not getting paid for quite some time. And yeah. I wanted to give you an update uh, having flown today. Were they blasting uh, rap music from the overhead speakers? We heard that uh, at least one TSA group was doing that recently. Nope. No, um, that's disappointing. I got to say the uh, the TSA was faster than they've ever been before that's weird you said the same thing in hartford and uh, you know hartford's a smaller airport houston is no small airport right no it was uh well we didn't go through houston we went through tampa oh Tampa. still not a small airport not a small airport yeah they uh, didn't require us to take liquids out of the bag but i don't think that that really? uh, is new okay so um, Do you still have to take your shoes off they didn't have to take their shoes off really wait wait they told just one person or yeah, I think it was an older person, though, I see. and I'm not sure what the rules are. Okay. So I think they're doing mainly the same rules that they are before, but it seems mm-hmm. like they're going faster. Interesting. That's why you should never pay anyone by the hour. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a bad idea. It, it incentivizes uh, inefficiency. I to tell you about the little adventure on the plane. Do you remember the guy from the United flight probably three or four months ago that got sort of beaten up and drug off? Yeah, that's right. There was video of that. Well, they have a system for stopping that from happening now. Really? So there was um, an older Hispanic woman. There was a huge language barrier. Mm -hmm. There might have been some medical issue. I'm not sure why she needed to get off the plane, but they brought, uh, you know, a cop in to ask her to get off the plane. She wouldn't get off the plane. I couldn't hear anything, although I was like three or four rows away. Um, So I'm not entirely sure what the story was as to, you know, what that was all about. But they unloaded the whole plane. Everybody had to debark. So that they could send people in to to get this lady out of the uh, out of the plane. They didn't want us to take video of them tasing tasering her or something. Okay, who did they send in? And so when you when you left the plane, were you still kind of hanging out in the uh, the terminal, and were you able to yeah. watch them bring her off? Yes. So we didn't see all the cops go in. I did see a cop there, but I didn't mm-hmm. see this team of like five uh, cops that was uh, that went in. I did see one extra kind of, you know, big muscular guy, the kind of where the arms don't go all the way down to your side kind of muscular. Okay. Um, and he went in and I went, checked to see whether he had a taser or a gun and he had a gun. So they they brought in one of those uh, airport wheelchairs that go down the aisles of the plane, popped around that and they brought her out. She was crying and uh, sort of talking, but I couldn't understand her as she went by. I mean, you know, perhaps I should have snapped a picture of her, but I did not. And, you know, she went by and, uh, you know, with a little team of cops. uh, Yeah. Yeah. You should have gotten video. You really should have gotten video. You're right. So, I mean, there wasn't, it wasn't much, it wasn't very compelling video. It Mm -hmm. has to go with the story to be very interesting. Sure, sure. I got one more piece of interesting airport uh, news. Yeah, I'm just going to say, like, that kind of stuff has a real viral potential to it. Anyway, go ahead. So, 
um, we went to a steakhouse in Houston. We missed our flight because of this lady. Um, and Wait, I thought you were on the mom. flight. How did you miss the flight if you were on it? Well, there's two planes. You go from Tampa to Houston, Houston to Roatan. Uh, oh, okay. So you you had boarded the flight to leave Houston, though, right? That was when you got kicked off? or did to go they... to Houston. To... Oh, wait. I'm lost. So wait, you were... You were on. You were getting on a plane in Tampa, and then yes. they they took you off that plane. Then you missed your flight. Well, we got um back on that plane. Oh, um, okay, okay. To fly to Tampa to fly to Houston. Then you we missed the connecting Houston, flight. I see. I'm sorry. Roatan had already left. I see. Okay, gotcha. Efficiently that we didn't get on the the other flight. All right. So what's the other story? So we ended up at a. Um, uh, at, a, at a steakhouse that was they gave us some vouchers to eat so we ended up at a steakhouse there in the uh, the airport they gave us real metal forks plastic uh knives it was really bizarre they gave you what you cut like, out there for, like jail. for a moment they give you what plastic knives plastic knives what the hell at a steakhouse was it, was it really tender shiny plastic though was this? I'm sorry, I missed this. Was this in the airport, or was this it's just somewhere in Houston? No, this was in the airport. Oh, okay. I gotcha. It's well, I mean, you know, you've got all that time between flights. You could take the knife, sharpen yeah. it up on the wall, like they do in jail. You could go around shanking people. <laughs> it's really important that you not have a metal knife in the airport. <laughs> all right. Hey, thanks for sharing that tonight, man. Anything else? That was my that's my adventure. Um, I basically, I'm, I, I basically am in jail. They gave me a hotel room that I'm, I'm not going to leave. So uh, it's, it's a really nice jail. So is it one of those hotels that's connected to the airport? It's uh, we, we, the darn um, shuttle kept being full. We we saw it go by two times and it kept filling up. So we just ended up buying a taxi to go to the hotel. Huh. Okay. Gotcha. Well, have safe travels uh, when you're heading down to Roatan. Sounds like a fun little journey with the family. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Uh, Toll-free number here tonight, 855-450-FREE. We're going to get to the statement from Donald Trump coming up here in moments about Maduro. And I do have an update on these protests. There's uh, news coming in about those. We'll share with you what's been going on, at least according to uh, the media who are reporting on it. But first, we go to Julio uh, on the line in North Carolina. Hello, Julio. Hey, how are you guys doing? What's on your mind tonight, Julio? Um, well, I am actually an illegal immigrant, but I just want to know what you guys think about the wall. Uh, well, I, I don't know if I believe you that you're an illegal immigrant, but uh, what do you think about the wall? He's tracing this call right now. Um, I'm honestly... I don't know. I understand the whole message of the, you know, make America great again and like border security, but like, I don't know. Mexicans will smuggle a lot of drugs to the United States. So Where are you an immigrant from, cool Julio? What? Where are you an immigrant from? Um, from France. Okay. Can you speak some French for me? Bonjour, bonsoir. Yeah. Uh, Vincent, you speak French, don't you? Why? Well, it's a different dialect, different dialect. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. What part of France? Well, it's French. I mean, it's French Canada. So you're from uh, oh. Quebec? Yes, exactly. Oh, Vincent, you're from Quebec as well. Absolutely. Where, where in Quebec? This guy is 
he may be my cousin. He, yeah, there there aren't that many people living <laughs> well, up there. Well, yeah, there's ver, ver, only I think most I mean, you know, most people descended from like the same eight settler family, so it is possible. I am related to uh, Celine Dion and uh, that right? Madonna. Yeah, is that where you get the hair from? Blood related, probably. Thanks for the call, Julio. I don't know if I buy what you were saying. Uh, a man named Julio who claims to be French Canadian. Well, sometimes I hear. <laughs> well, because there's been immigration from like Portugal and Spain to uh, to the Montreal is area. Is that right? So, so I, I, it's not it's an international city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, yeah. I think it's like 55% English speaking last I checked. Toronto's like that too. There's a lot of people from all over the the planet uh, that have settled in Toronto. Toll free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. Coming up, again, the rest of the statement from Donald Trump about Nicolas Maduro. Headline from the Washington Post as well. Venezuelan President Maduro gives U.S. diplomats 72 hours to leave after the U.S. recognizes opposition leader as interim president. That escalated quickly. As protests uh, are in the streets, uh, protests turn violent in parts of Caracas, according to Bloomberg reporting on that. More coming up. You can share your thoughts with us here. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450, free like freedom. It's Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up whatever's on your mind here. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We've also got the Discord on air call and line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by AnyPay. If you are interested in accepting cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Zcash or maybe Dash, at your point of sale, at your local business that you own and operate, well, then get over to AnyPay.Global and get started. And when I say get started, you can also finish uh, within minutes of uh, getting the process started. The process is you create your username and password, you get in, you put your cryptocurrency wallet addresses in the back end, and then you load the app on your point of sale device. That's it. You're done. You're accepting crypto. It's that easy. You don't have to ask anyone's permission. There's no application fee or form or waiting or anything like that. Just go and get started for free, by the way. This costs you nothing to accept crypto through AnyPay. AnyPay.global, as we continue here, Rev is on the line in Florida. Rev, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Vincent. How are you, my friend? So good to have our... uh... Our golden child, Vincent, in the studio, Big V. Vincent is so, not uh, my child, and I don't think he's your child. He's a golden child. <laughs> well, fa- it's it's fine. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's good to finally get some appreciation around here. All right, Rev, what are you calling about? Yeah, it, all right. So I called in earlier, and I know you heard me, Ian, and I figured I'd ask, or I'm sorry, I called in Will and Aria's show, and that was pretty interesting. So I wanted to call and ask you guys the same question. So from a philosophical slash historical standpoint, by your definition, and we all need to do our own research, of course. But what would you say? What would you say are the real primary differences between libertarianism and anarchism? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I think some people would say that a true libertarian is an anarchist, if you are using the you know the definition of a libertarian being somebody who is in favor of the non-aggression principle. The non-aggression principle is the idea that it's not okay, uh, it's in fact wrong to use aggressive force against your peaceful neighbor. If that person, you want to force them to do a thing or force them to not do a thing, that's not okay. That's not the way 
you know, civilized people should act. But yet that is the basis behind the state as we know it. When, and when I say the state, I mean all forms of government, federal, state, local, is backed uh, by that threat of force. And so therefore, to follow the libertarian principle to its logical conclusions would make one an anarchist. Uh, but of course, many people will argue that libertarianism is this big tent that, you know, it, it includes people who just want smaller government, uh, people who believe in some taxes, uh, which, of course, is a way of saying people who believe in some aggressive use of force. And so I would say that ultimately they're the same thing. I don't prefer either term. I like the term voluntarist. I like the idea of speaking in favor of, uh, of a thing rather than against a thing. So an anarchist is somebody who is against the state. They're against uh, the government, essentially. They're against coercion. Whereas a voluntarist is somebody who's speaking in favor of what they're for. A voluntarist is for human interaction being consensual. So I prefer the more positive uh, terms. So that's my answer to your question. Uh-huh. Uh, do you want to comment or should Vincent jump in here with his? Well, I just wanted to ask, and then I'll ask what Vincent identifies as. I okay. feel like we're asking, like, what's your gender identity, girl? But I won't go down that Well, no, road. you asked what the difference was. I just happened to say I like right. the other term better than those two. But uh, anyway, oh, yeah. anyway. Well, go, go ahead, and then Vincent will answer. So you, yes, sir. So you would identify, Ian, if someone asked what is your main political leaning, you're a voluntarist. Is that correct? Yeah, and I don't even know if that's a political leaning. That's just a leaning about how humans should interact with one another. I mean, against I'm essentially against politics entirely. I find it to be detestable, despicable. I find politicians to be horrible uh, as far as human beings uh, are concerned. They're sociopaths, possible psychopaths, and uh, you know, politics sucks. So I'm against politics. Being a voluntarist isn't necessarily a statement on anything else besides all human interaction should be consensual. That's the ideal. Now, okay. the reality of life doesn't okay, really the, lead to ideals being completely applicable. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, thank you. So, what is okay? I, okay, so what does Vincent identify as then? I, I guess for simpli- for for simplicity, I, I, I'd say libertarian. But uh, I've been. But what's the difference? Is there a difference in well, your opinion? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think libertarian is a term that's like a big tent term that can mean okay. people who want. I mean, in turn, let's say like American libertarianism, because libertarian in the U.S. can mean something different for someone in Canada mm-hmm. or Mexico. So I'd say libertarian as a, the way most people would agree on is wanting a system of government that's less controlling as as it is now. I don't think anyone could fa- say that it's a military government. Uh, I've been in so somewhat would somebody, of a hold on. Would somebody, just to call certainly. you out on that statement, certainly. uh would somebody who wants a 1% smaller government, but no further, they just want to cut back this one program over here to make the government smaller, is that a libertarian? Uh-huh. That's uh, that's that's a good question. I think it's difficult to make a measure of that because, like, how does one objectively make government smaller? It's like we say, you know, big, you use terms like big or small. If it's one really, we're talking about aspects of control, uh, and that that is a good point. I think the general, and which is why you know, I mean, it, it's hard to come up with a definition we all agree on because someone who say, you know, someone could want all drugs be legalized, but all the guns be confiscated. So, I mean, that's... that's Would that make them a libertarian? By by no means. I would say no. Absolutely not. Me? uh, So, uh, getting past that, you know, just because it's uh, difficult to to, to describe for all people what everyone could agree on me, I'd say, uh, I guess, like, I've... 
I, I don't think it's possible for people to be without uh, without a government. Not saying it's going to be a disaster if it wasn't, but just the way people are, especially since I started reading the Bible and getting uh, um, realizing that uh, all these nations, like the, the whole world, is the play is the the sandbox of the devil, right? And uh, it says there, in, in when Satan was tempting Jesus, he said, "Look, if you bow down and worship me, all these kingdoms will be yours." And Jesus doesn't refute this by saying you're lying. He says, get behind me, Satan. And so all all government is... You're saying the government is part of the devil? But no, the government's run by the devil. Okay. <laughs> and it's being influenced and run by it. All governments. All governments. I think that's and true. So, if you believe in the devil, I think that's probably true. And so in the... Uh, and, and, you know, and, and God, he has, like, commandments for people, but... It's not very many for government, and the purpose of a point, at least in the old, the point of government, right, that God says what nations do, is uh, is to prevent evil. So I think the government's job should be to prevent evil. So pretty much like a, a night watchman state where, you know, there's police, uh, there's some sort of, arbit- maybe not even an arbitrator, but yeah, so we're just basically to protect people, uh, sort of like how, even though they're despots, Back in, you know, back in, say, like, King Herod's day, unless he made a decree to kill all the children, things weren't as tyrannical as today, where, you know, because King Herod didn't have a whole spy grid, drugs weren't illegal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, long story short, I'm in favor of a night watchman state. All right, fair enough. So you're a menarchist. Uh, no, I don't want to. I don't want to put labels. I don't want to put labels on to myself. But I, I, I could be. Uh, no, I know. I could be described as one. Yes. All right, for the last thing, could I say one last thing real quick yes, about it with the history? All right, thank you. So, um, yeah, so it's interesting because if, if you listen, and you guys covered this earlier with the um, how the, the meaning is a little bit amorphous depending on what country or what like hemisphere of the world you're in. So real quick, like Noam Chomsky, for instance, if you ask like his brand of libertarianism or anarchism, and he's an anarcho-syndicate, uh, syndicalist or syndicalist, which is more of like a worker-oriented thing, He's, he claims that it has its roots in anti-statist socialism, whereas in the U.S., that when you hear libertarian, you think Ron Paul, like paleo-conservative social moderate. So I just thought that was interesting. And then ANCAP, so like the I guess I'd be closer to an ANCAP, even though ANCAP I'm stands for anarcho-capitalist. Um, now- yeah, that's what ARIA is. Yeah. I don't know about um, I don't know a whole lot about Chomsky. I know he's uh, a big time leftist. I know he's a writer, but I've never read anything that he's written. I, you know, I always question these people who claim to be anarchists, but yet they seem to support the state. So I don't know how you could be yeah. a socialist and not support the state because socialism inherently is about state ownership of the means of production. So I, I don't get that. Yeah, it's become that way politically. But anyway, I'll get off of here. Hey, Vincent, I look forward to Saturday night, my friend. Uh, Alex Jones might be calling in. You never know. Really? Oh, my goodness. Have you heard about that? Uh, Did you know Alex Jones might be calling your show on Saturday night? Oh, man, night? i got to get my invitation proper. Well, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you for the call, Rev. I appreciate hearing from you. He's referring to your show, Vincent. You host sure. your own show, which is called Questioning Authority. It is available live on LRN.FM. Are you podcasting it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm posting it. Yep. Uh, okay. I, I, I You've got new, an RSS feed? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, yes, I definitely do. Okay, uh, I have a new website coming out, so it'll be easier really? to do. Yep, I just got to finish, uh, fin- put some finishing touches on it. When but, are you going to uh, have that ready? Saturday? Yes, by Saturday. All right. 
That's exciting. So we won't announce it yet. Questioningauthority.libsyn.com. That's for VRSS. That's the podcast. Yep. Yeah. All right. We're on the way, but the actual website will be different. We'll yes. announce oh, yeah. that Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time over at LRN.FM. And speaking of 10 p.m., tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, we're going to do a Twitch-only after show called Freer Talk Live. So you can join us for that at twitch.lrn.fm. Hour 2 is next on the radio. Coming up. Smart Cash is a peer-to-peer digital currency that is fast, secure, and easy to use. Smart Cash also features smart rewards, a price stabilization mechanism, and a way to encourage long-term holding. Long-term holders are key to the project's success. You can earn smart rewards on any address for which you hold the private keys, which holds at least 1,000 smart for one month and does not make any outgoing transactions during that time. Smart rewards are distributed every 47,500 blocks to all eligible addresses. Learn more at smartcash.cc. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free. We're launching into the second hour of the program. Our number for you is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. It's 855-450-3733 as protests apparently turning violent in parts of Caracas. There were massive numbers of people out today. Maybe they're still out. We're not there. Thank goodness. Um, But uh, trying to show their distaste, show their opposition for Nicolas Maduro, the now second term president officially, at least if you believe his people. But other people are saying, no, no, not him. It's this other guy over here from the opposition side. We recognize him as the president, including Donald Trump. Vincent, you've got the statement. We're going to get to that coming up here uh, from Trump. And then we'll talk about the other development, which is related to Trump, because uh, Venezuela's Maduro has told the U.S. government, you've got 72 hours to get your diplomats out. Well, now there's a response from the Trump administration about that, too. And let's just say... They're calling a bluff, and things are going to get interesting. We'll uh, we'll share that with you here if you didn't think it was already interesting. Uh, let's go to Sarah first, though, in New Mexico. <laughs> I could have called it. Uh, you can set a watch to it, man. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. Uh, today today I saw three uh, officers with um, with the three speeding radar guns uh-huh. um, used today. And, uh, Did that I, warm I, I your heart when you saw that? It really warmed my heart because I have never seen it since, uh, like, 15 years ago. It was the last time was just used. feels good to you knowing that uh, innocent, peaceful people would be targeted by these men with speeding guns uh, who then use their, I don't know how many pounds these damn cars are, 2,000 pound or 1,000 pound or whatever, however much a cruise, police cruiser weighs, these uh, multi- you know, very now, heavy cars. Now too. we have SUVs, right? All of New Hampshire yep. they removed for cruisers for SUVs, and then they use that to chase innocent people down. And if they don't pull over, they'll run them off the road, throw down spike strips, shoot them. Um, this is what you want to see happen. You want to see peaceful people run off the road, shot to death over speeding. What is so innocent about? They tried to kill me at sixty miles an hour. On they that tried street. to kill you. Well, I mean, that's what they're doing. So I, I'm the one that called the, the Northeast, that police department. Northeast, you I'm the snitch. one that called them. And I called the mayor's office. I'm the one that asked them. Who did I'm you the call? Who did you call them on? I called them on the, all of the speeders because they're, they're going down. All the of them. My God, they must hate you. 
I mean, calling in all day long about every speeder that you see. No, they should give her the keys to the city. She's helping people. (laughs) She's keeping the streets safe. Give her a cut. Maybe they ought to give her a commission on every ticket they write. How would you like that, Sarah? That could be a job for you. But she'd lose all her benefits, though. Oh, that's true, because she gets all that welfare. Yeah, so right? it's it's counterintuitive. They don't they incentivize people not to work. You'll probably never work a day in your uh, the rest of your life, will you, Sarah? Well, Hello? you know what? This is my form of work. It's a lot of work calling the radio station when you guys uh, hammer me. You <laughs> hammer me every which way. It's a lot of work. Yeah, you know? but it's, it's not valuable energy. because <laughs> if you work but it's not of value to anyone, then you're not really doing anything but wasting your time. Now, I'm not saying you're a waste of time, Sarah. I'm just, I'm just saying you're not getting paid for it, so that's an indicator that it may not be that valuable. All that said, you have some value to me, and I do appreciate your calls because sometimes you bring up some really interesting discussions, and, uh, and it is fun to have a foil. Well, you know what, it's you know a, what it's a foil valuable- is? You know what? It's valuable when I'm shopping at Target and I got a bag of groceries and I could cross the street without all these cars coming down the hill 60 miles an hour. Who goes to Target for groceries? It's probably a super target. Is it a super target? Oh, it's got food in it. It's that they sell frozen food. Oh, you know, they have yeah. Food well, the ladies, you know, they ladies, take EBT. That's the yeah. Reason, was, right? That's what your tax tax dollars are going to getting yeah. junk Franken food. Target's a ripoff. I mean, it's uh, they've got the they've got the worst produce section uh, that I've seen. I didn't even know they had a produce section. I know Super Walmart's do, but well, they have a thing called a Super Target. I've never seen one in my life, but I suspect they're in probably larger cities or larger metropolitan areas. Uh, Sarah, thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Must be nice to be able to go out and get a bunch of food. The people in Venezuela are lucky to get a meal together. Well, I mean, I don't want to sound elitist by by criticizing Target. I, I was just surprised. You know, I mean, I do oh, shopping at Walmart. Store. It's just sometimes. not the right store for grocery shopping. No, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Back to the story here. Venezuela, you've got the story, uh, the, the, the statement from Donald Trump. Absolutely, yes. And you've just barely got started, so maybe start it from the top. Today, I am officially recognizing the president. Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. President of the Venezuelan National Assembly, Juan Guaido, as the interim president of Venezuela. In its role as the only legitimate branch of government duly elected by the Venezuelan people, the National Assembly mm-hmm. invoked the country's constitution to declare Nicolas Maduro illegitimate and the office of a presidency therefore vacant. The people of Venezuela have courageously. But before you go on. That was then supposedly slapped down by the Supreme Court because they're in the pocket of Maduro. So the National Assembly said, we don't recognize you. You're not the real president. And then the Supreme Court said, yeah, he is. So that's where we're at right now. Now there's protests uh, in the streets. Go ahead. Uh, the people of Venezuela have courageously spoken out against Maduro and his regime and demanded freedom and the rule of law. I will continue to use the full weight of the United States economic and diplomatic power to press for the restoration of Venezuelan democracy. We encourage other Western Hemisphere governments to recognize National Assembly President Guaido as the interim president of Venezuela, and we will work constructively with them in support of his efforts to restore constitutional legitimacy. We continue to hold the illegitimate You're turning Maduro, into Alex Jones. Maduro regime directly. <laughs> well, no, I mean, he's threatening the guy here. Oh, okay. you know? He's like, yeah, we'll use. Okay, um, You're just getting really gravelly. It sounds like you're transitioning. Trying to threat no, no, Alex um, Jones. As uh, we continue to hold the illegitimate Maduro regime directly responsible for any threats it may pose to the safety of the Venezuelan people. As yeah, because okay. <laughs> because overthrowing a government certainly doesn't uh, 
put people in danger of Air Trump. As interim president Guaido noted yesterday, violence is the usurper's weapon. We only have one clear action to remain united and firm for a democratic and free Venezuela. So that's Trump saying we must remain united. And no, firm. that's uh, that's what uh, the uh, interim Guaido. president okay. Guaido. Yeah, that's uh, what he said. Related story here, uh, Vincent, from Caracas over at the Washington Post. Nicolas Maduro faced the gravest challenge to his authority since assuming power in 2013 as the leader of the U.S.-backed opposition claimed the legitimate mantle of leadership, and Trump and other world leaders promptly recognized him as Venezuela's interim and rightful head of state. Maduro responded by announcing a break in, quote, diplomatic and political relations with the United States, further ordering American diplomats to leave the country within 72 hours. Well, and you can't blame him, not that I'm supporting him, but because you, you, have you noticed the way he described have, you know, the language Trump used in that, in that release? You mm-hmm. know, regime, U.S.-backed opposition. Those are terms that they use on a country that they're going to invade, to invade. right? Yep, via Saddam's regime, Assad's regime, North Korean regime. God, US I hope back, they don't invade U.S. backed Syrian rebel opposition. You know, it's it's like it's they they start. It's like they're starting to demonize it, right? Because if they invade, then you know, innocent people are going to die because it's the U.S. military, and they're just going to end up bombing you know wedding parties and the things they normally do in the Middle East. They'll just do all that stuff uh, in Venezuela. But you're right, uh, Vincent. They may be actually gearing up for this. Well, they don't start with bombing for wedding parties. That's in the inevitable insurgency based on uh, U.S. occupation doctrine. First, they spend trillions of taxpayer dollars in shock and awe and you know starving troops there. Uh, then they occupy it, and then the insurgency, and then the drone strikes. Quote from a Trump official. They're not naming this official. When we say all options are on the table, it means all options. Trump was pointedly asked later if military force was being considered. He said, quote, we're not considering anything, but all options on the table. All options always are on the table. And then they go on here to talk about uh, the protests. We can get into the alleged violence happening out there. Guido told the crowd in Caracas, quote, we will stay on the streets until Venezuela is liberated. So the last time they tried to do something like this, it lasted for months and there was a lot of blood that was shed. Um, So rumor has it there may be at least four dead in today's protests or sometime today in Venezuela. And now that they're kicking out, again, according to Maduro, they're demanding U.S. diplomats leave within the next 72 hours. But Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has basically said, "Uh uh-uh, and they're not going to go. So what happens after the 72-hour time limit's up? what packet loss sounds like <laughs> the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 we're uh, diving in here as deep as we can being all the way up in new hampshire to what's going on in venezuela with protests in the streets once again another attempt to oust uh, nicolas maduro the president now taking a second term the opposition saying, no, we don't recognize you. The National Assembly saying, no, we don't recognize you. The Supreme Court over trying to overturn the National Assembly saying, yes, we do recognize you. But countries in the world 
Uh, and you've got a list, I think, uh, Vincent, of which countries have signed on with Trump basically saying here, yeah, we don't recognize Maduro. We're recognizing this other guy, Guido, 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 that's right, uh, Guido, who is the opposition leader. So it's Ian and Vincent in the studio here. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE if you want to join us. A little bit more on this and then the response from Trump's administration to Maduro's demand that the U.S. pull their diplomats out. So Maduro saying you've got 72 hours to get your diplomats out of our country. And Trump's basically saying, oh, yeah? Well, what if we don't? And we'll tell you what that uh, is all about coming up here in moments, your calls and thoughts. Let's go to Bill. He's in Texas. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Vincent. Hey, I hope all well. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I was just talking about people getting run over. You know, Sarah always talks about pedestrians getting run over. Yes. Uh, you know, did you ever see the video where it was all over the news that the automatic self-driving car uh, ran over somebody? Did you all recall that? Yeah, I recall hearing about over? that. I don't think I saw a video, but uh, I definitely heard about We I think we talked about that. I think I think Sarah actually called, it, uh, called about it at some point. Yeah, yeah. And... and yeah, you know, I actually watched the video, and you know, you, you can clearly see the person who is supposed to be the watcher, you know, texting or or, or not. She was doing whatever Jeez. she was that she just doesn't pay attention. It's hard to find good help. <clears throat> Well, if you're going to have sure, a self-driving yeah. car, why bother paying attention if you're going to pay all that money, right? Well, if I have a self-driving well, no, 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 car, Vincent, I'm going to be playing idea, like Xbox. And we're yeah. not there yet. Oh. Yeah, the idea is they have a person who's supposed to be there working to monitor. They're testing the self-driving car. I see. These okay. are not actually available to the mass market yet. So this person's job was to pay attention and make sure the car doesn't run into anybody because they've got like a brake pedal there and a, a steering wheel in case they need to grab a hold and take control of the vehicle. Uh, Bill, what else? Go ahead. Well, yeah, so my point to, you know, if you saw a video, and, and, and it's been a little bit, a little while since I've seen it, so maybe I'm not recalling it, recalling it exactly correct, mm-hmm. but, you know, I feel like maybe had she been driving even, she might have hit that person, because here's the thing oh, about really? that video. First, first of all, it was nighttime, and, you know, uh, and this person was crossing what appeared to be Maybe not an interstate, but like a four-lane highway or a four-lane road that was kind of like a highway, and she's just crossing in the night in the middle of nowhere, kind of go crosswalks, no lighting. And that woman looked as surprised as I'm sure the passenger, the observer was whenever she got hit or when she hit her. And and that woman, I think I read, you know, killed her, and I think she is 42 years old or something like that. I'm sorry she died, and maybe she made a mistake, or you know, they, you know, I'm talking about the person who got ran over. And, you know, they clearly, she clearly ran in front of a moving car at nighttime. You know. Okay. Well, that was going to be yeah. one of my questions. Was was it nighttime? You're saying she basically ran right out into a, into the lane without looking. Pretty much. I mean, she like I said, she looked surprised. That's just Darwin, right all. there, Darwin Award. <laughs> Thank you. Because that's kind of what my point was. Is yeah. I was sitting there thinking, like, you know, it's one thing if you're, you know, maybe you're mentally disabled or uh, you're eight years old or something like that or five or whatever, you know, but you're, you know, 47-year-old woman or, or person. Yeah. What, what, I mean, man, you should see me crossing a, a regular intersection during broad daylight. Somebody, I'm afraid somebody, a constant approach me because he's like, 
you like you just robbed a bank or something because my head is on a swivel. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. You got to look both ways and do it more than once because you might have missed something so, uh, the first yeah, time. I mean, means, I learned this when I was like five, you know, maybe even younger. Yeah. Yeah, and, and one of the reasons why I say that, too, is because I've seen videos, and we, 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 we all haven't seen these videos. I've seen videos where a pedestrian was crossing the street, doing everything everything as he should have been, even paying attention. But someone else wasn't paying attention and ran a red light, and somehow or another, the, one of the cars ended up rolling into the pedestrian and the pedestrian. It was like you had to be in like a superhero yeah. to get out of, out the of the basic way. rule that I think you should play by, whether you're a pedestrian or a driver, is presume the other people don't know what they're doing and they're crazy. So, you know, if you just presume you're in the worst of circumstances, then you just be careful and not do stuff like pull out in front of somebody that's going 100 miles an hour or, you know, jump into the road uh, when, you know, it's nighttime and you're not looking. Hey, thanks for the call, Bill. I appreciate hearing from you. But, you know, common sense is not uh, present with everybody. And so, therefore, Darwinism will take those people out if they're allowed to make their own decisions for themselves, which, as we've seen in a lot of cases, the government wants to protect you from making decisions uh, for yourself. And uh, that's, of course, results in keeping people alive who otherwise probably wouldn't make it. So, back to the story here on uh, the Maduro slash Guaido Guaido situation down there in uh, Venezuela. It's it's coming to a head, perhaps, here. At least that's what uh, the opposition would like to have happen. They would like to have Maduro tossed out on his butt. It seems like, at least from you know the outside, that the military is still supporting Maduro. Um, however, there's now been a threat from Maduro to U.S. diplomats saying... You got to get out within 72 hours. Here's what Mike Pompeo had to say uh, in response. This is CNN reporting. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo issued a statement Wednesday responding to Maduro's demand that diplomats leave within the next 72 hours. He said the U.S. will maintain diplomatic relations with Venezuela despite Maduro's order. He went on to say the U.S. has recognized opposition leader Juan Guaido as Venezuela's interim president. Quote, The United States maintains diplomatic relations with Venezuela and will conduct our relations with Venezuela through the government of interim President Guaido, who has invited our mission to remain in Venezuela. I wonder how long it is until Guaido gets uh, black bagged or arrested or, you know, a gas leak explodes. Great question, because that wouldn't be the first time that Maduro has targeted the leader of his opposition. He told I think he put another guy in prison before he could run against him on a previous uh, election. I think his name was Capriles. But anyway, the United States, this is more from Pompeo here. He says, the United States does not recognize the Maduro regime as the government of Venezuela. Accordingly, the United States does not consider former President Nicolas Maduro to have the legal authority to break diplomatic relations with the United States or to declare our diplomats persona non grata. He also issued this warning, quote, the United States will take appropriate actions to hold accountable anyone who endangers the safety and security of our mission and its personnel. That's the statement that basically says, you attack our diplomats, you try to touch them, we will respond potentially with force. And so you may be right, Vincent, there may be an invasion uh, of Venezuela from the United States with one side saying, come on in, and the other side saying, stay out. 
Uh, We'll continue to share this as it develops. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us. The biggest names in the liberty movement will be at the largest gathering of free thinkers, voluntarists, libertarians, and ANCAPs in Acapulco, Mexico from February 14th through the 19th, 2019 at Anarchapulco. You'll love the lineup of speakers discussing entrepreneurship, politics, philosophy, health, and personal relationships for four days among the sun and beaches of a world-class resort. And of course, Free Talk Live will be there again. Go to anarchapulco.com and use code FTL to register and receive 15% off. This is Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free here. Bring up whatever you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. 855-450-3733. We've also got the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. You can jump in here, talk about whatever you want to discuss with you tonight. It's Ian. And Vincent. Smart Cash. It's a peer-to-peer digital currency. It's fast, secure, and it's easy to use. Smart Cash is building a foundation that can support daily transactions for people everywhere. Now, Smart Cash is a newer cryptocurrency within the last year or two, um, and uh, they are it's an affordable cryptocurrency. You can get a thousand Smart for probably less than twenty bucks right now. And if you get a thousand Smart and you hold that thousand Smart in a wallet that you control the keys, do uh, you hold that thousand Smart? Without any outgoing transactions for at least a month's time, then you are going to receive smart rewards, meaning you will get paid more smart for holding on to the smart. So it's like a proof of stake? Yes, there's a proof of stake aspect for sure to smart cash. They also have the ability to vote. So if you have one smart, you've got one vote, meaning anybody who holds smart has the ability to vote on proposals, like the proposal that... Uh, got us this sponsorship, for instance. So you can go to smartcash.cc, learn more there. You can cast your vote through the official smart wallet uh, that they have, smartcash.cc. As we continue here talking uh, in detail about the Venezuelan conflict that seems to be getting, uh, once again, you know, people out into the streets in large numbers. We were looking at uh, sort of a panned photo or video from the Washington Post I don't know how many tens of thousands or if not hundreds of thousands of people went out in Venezuela today. I haven't seen any estimates quite yet. Um, and I know you've got a list of some of these countries here, Vincent. We're going to get to that, that are siding with the new uh, supposed, you know, this this opposition leader, Juan Guaido, saying that he is the rightful leader of the country. And, of course, I hate calling politicians leaders, so I want to correct myself on that. But. Well, I wouldn't say that they're... Ver, ver, what they're do, ver siding, what they're doing, ver siding with the United States, for just recognizing uh, Guaido as the head of state instead I mean, of Maduro. Yes, and Maduro's claiming he's got a second term. According to the Washington Post story on this, Maduro's claim to power is based on elections last year that were condemned as fraudulent internationally, uh, a power grab, and were meant to maintain his grip on the nation at the time when Venezuelans are suffering a massive humanitarian crisis, mismanagement, corruption, failed socialist policies have broken the oil-producing nation, spreading hyperinflation, hunger, and disease. Now, by the way, hyperinflation isn't something that's a result of socialist policies. That's a policy of its own. It's monetary policy. Correct. Hyperinflation isn't a symptom. 
And this is something the mili- the military, the um, the press gets wrong all the time. They're like, well, where'd this inflation come from? Oh, how'd that happen? Well, the reason why inflation happens is because somebody in the central bank turned on the printing presses. Uh, now, of course, cool. in the case of Venezuela, they don't actually have printing presses. They hire out private companies to make their currency. But they inflate the money supply. That's what inflation is. And you'll have people in academia says, oh, inflation's good. It gives more money to people. So stupid. I, I've had te- I, not professors, but I've had teachers tell me. Yeah, actually, I had one professor mention that. What's yeah, the I've difference had, between a professor and a well, teacher? When I say teacher, I mean in mean this high was school? high school. Oh, okay. When I say professor, okay. yeah, yeah. So the government used repression, torture, and exile to keep distant dissidents in line. Though stripped by uh, stripped of its power by Maduro, the National Assembly, headed by Guaido, is widely acknowledged internationally as Venezuela's last democratic institution. Even before Guaido's announcement, he had been recognized by Brazil and the head of the Organization of American States as Venezuela's rightful leader. On Wednesday, a list of other countries, including Colombia, Chile, Paraguay, who else is on the list there? The list here that says following Trump's... Uh Following Trump, the U.S.'s lead is Canada, Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, and Panama. Okay. Uh, apparently, that's not a full list here. Because, but, so maybe there were some other countries before Trump, right? So they're saying that uh, others like Paraguay and Chile uh, also recognized Guaido. Eric Farnsworth, president of the Council of Americas, said, quote, This game, this changes the game in Venezuela. It's an inflection point that turns the Maduro regime into an international pariah and gives an immediate boost to Guaido's claims under the Venezuelan constitution. But it's not without risk, either by Guaido or the Trump administration. Maduro will never accede to this course or willingly give up power. He's going to have to be forcibly removed, basically, is what they're saying. They're going to have to either forcibly remove him and uh, just kill his men, or they're going to have to somehow push him out by running him out of the state. Because sometimes these dictator types manage to escape in all of these situa- a lot of these situations where they'll escape to some other country and just oh, yes. retire Santa super wealthy. A- Santa Ana lived in the U.S. after he was ousted by Mexico. But uh, see here, the U.S. administration is, appears to be waiting to see how Maduro reacts before taking its next step. Again, if you're just tuning in, uh, Maduro said get out within 72 hours to U.S. diplomats. And Trump, Trump's administration saying we're not going anywhere. We're, uh, we don't recognize you as the legitimate government here. We recognize this other guy, Guaido, and he's saying he wants us here. So what's going to happen after 72 hours is up remains to be seen. According to the story here, before Maduro's declaration of a break in ties, senior administration official briefing reporters under the rules imposed by the White House made no mention of expelling diplomats or diverting frozen assets to institutions chosen by Guaido. Asked directly if an oil embargo is imminent, the oil, the official replied, quote, When we say all options are on the table, it means all options. In ordering diplomats out of Venezuela, Maduro decried past American intervention in Latin America and a nefarious plot against him by the, quote, gringo empire. Guaido still faces a formidable security apparatus at Maduro's disposal, and experts warned he could yet survive this challenge, as he has others in the past. Guaido's bold move, meanwhile, puts him at risk of arrest, which is your prediction here, or worse. Caracas Capital Markets, which is a brokerage in Florida. Uh, Russ Dallin said this, quote, These democratic tools tend not to work as much in Venezuela because of government repression. I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but if marches were enough to depose Maduro, they would have done it many times before. 
And as uh, I think it was the Reagan administration official has uh, famously stated, let them protest so long as they pay their taxes. Now, of course, in uh, the case of Venezuela, I don't know how many of them are still obeying the government and paying taxes. I mean, because they don't really have any valuable money left. And what's the government doing for them recently that they'd be you know, willing to pay taxes for? Right. Just oppressing their friends and their neighbors. It remains unclear if Maduro's move to break diplomatic ties would also mean a halt in sales of Venezuelan oil to its largest cash-paying customer, the United States. Such a move has long been studied by Trump, though it has failed to follow through on threats to impose an embargo in part of fear of hurting the Venezuelan people, as well as U.S. refineries that are dependent on Venezuelan oil shipments. So I, I, I feel like I just have to say this, I, that we, there, from at least what you're reading, a lot of these places are trying to position, you know, people like having good guys and bad guys. And sees Guaido there for positioning him as a good, as guy, the good guy. Mind you, all, you know, and they say how, oh, Maduro's, his election was was fraudulent according to all these, you know, democracy groups. But these people, they, you know, the, uh, the National Assembly, that was, that's totally fine. That's totally legitimate. I mean, I think it's sort of for the Venezuelan people, I think, that, or at least, you know, it's um, because Guaido and that, you know, they're, they're, they were all behind Chavez, right? They're all, you know, socialists. Guaido? I mean, he doesn't well, look I mean, that the, old. No, the, the National Assembly, I mean. That, oh. that sort of thing. So I wouldn't doubt that this is like, you know, that this is some sort of uh, way. There's like outside influence coming in or it's just like, you know, shifting the, the boards. It's like a heads you win, tails you lose sort of thing. I've been reading Animal Farm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, the people of Venezuela are... <sighs> If Guaido is better than Maduro, that's a step in the right direction, but it's probably not going to be a giant step. Well, He's th- just another power seeker. Oh, absolutely. And right? I think that just from what I'm predicting, or you know, predicting what I think will happen is for just replacing a strongman dictator with a cabal of you know globalist, elitist... Oh, uh, sure. Sure. Yeah, and that's the other thing. You di- never hear in any of these stories about what the opposition stands for. They're just the opposition. We know Maduro's bad. We don't really know. I mean, we don't. I'm sure some people in Venezuela know a thing or two about this Guaido character. But, you know, the national stories, the international headlines say nothing about what this guy believes or what it is that he wants. More coming up. Free Talk Live, you dial in toll-free here to join us and bring up whatever you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Like freedom, that's 855-450-3733. We've been focusing on uh, international news tonight, specifically that coming out of Venezuela. It appears to be boiling over yet again. Uh, This time, you've got protests in the streets demanding that their man be put in now it would actually be interesting to see and i didn't uh, i didn't actually look during the break because i was eating cheese doodles um but as people were were noticing on the uh, the webcam over at twitch.lrn.fm but um it would be interesting to find out about this guido character and find out what does this guy actually believe over all the time that we've talked about venezuela and all the interesting things that have gone on there we've never really found out anything about the opposition. And I suspect that as it tends to be with people, right, in any group of people that gets larger than, say, a dozen or a few dozen, you're going to have schisms. So the one thing the opposition agrees on 
is Maduro's got to go. But I bet you that's the end of the agreement. At that point, it's like, well, we think this or we think that. They're going to disagree on various different issues. The opposition will will schism the moment Maduro is uh, is on the outs. Well, when they say opposition, it, it it makes it sound as if it's like it's an unbalanced sort of conflict. As I'm having a hard time explaining, it, it's or when people say opposition, like right, like the Syrian opposition, you know, people think it's a bunch of group of people or rebels. Well, this mm-hmm. is the government. It's it's in a sense a civil war. I mean, I guess if they do start it's fighting, starting to look that way. I mean, at the moment. Maduro's got control of the military, but if more of these these military guys break off and thousands of them have just quit their jobs over the last year or so, um, just within the last week or or so, 27 National Guardsmen tried to take over a couple of uh, military outposts with violence. So maybe Maduro doesn't have the rock solid grasp on his military that he thinks that he does. I do have a little bit here via Wikipedia page about on, Guido. Yeah, it's it's small and has a lock on it, but uh, it's um, just just some brief stuff. He he was originally an engineer and then became a politician. Uh, he did activism and he was part of student-led political movement that protested against the Venezuelan government's decision not to renew the broadcasting license of independent television network RCTV. Okay, so he supports free speech or at least ostensibly. Well, well, yeah, ostensibly. The group also protested broader attempted reforms of the government by Hugo Chavez, including the constitutional referendum of 2007, which Chavez won. He became one of the founding members of the Popular Will Party. And this is that's what we got to look into. Popular Will, which party. is described as a centrist social democratic political party. Uh, yeah. Admitted into the Socialist International in December of 2014. There you go. See, that's exactly what I predicted. I said, this is just replacing one dictator with another wannabe, with another socialist. Oh, my socialist policies will work, which is what all these socialists say. Oh, no, no, they just did it wrong. The Russians did it wrong. The Venezuelans did it wrong under Maduro and Chavez. Just put my guy in charge, and then everything will work when we start using the violence of the state to force people out of their wealth. That works every time, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, get the re-education camps in case people are like having China. a hard time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Dolan said the Trump administration in recent days had advised U.S. refineries, this is the Washington Post story about what's going on down there, of possible oil sanctions against Caracas, a move that would not damage the U.S. oil sector nearly as much as it would have years ago. Venezuela's oil production has collapsed under Maduro. It currently sells around 500,000 barrels per day to the United States, which is about half the volume of a decade ago. The U.S. could potentially make up for a banned Venezuelan oil by sourcing more from countries such as Mexico and Colombia. Venezuela, which produces a cheaper, sludgy, heavy crude, could divert U.S.-bound shipments to countries like India, though it would likely receive lower profits given far higher transportation costs. Amid sharply rising tensions between Washington and Caracas, the U.S.-backed opposition Wednesday filled the streets with the largest anti-government protest since 2017 when hundreds of thousands sought Maduro's departure. That movement was ultimately crushed after official repression led to the deaths of more than 100 people, as we mentioned earlier tonight. Overnight, the smaller-scale protests that began Monday started to spread, with a throng of demonstrators in Bolivar State setting alight a statue of Hugo Chavez, the leftist firebrand who established Venezuela's socialist state and anointed Maduro as a successor before dying of cancer in 2013. Now, you know... This is the kind of statue destruction that I like to see. Taking uh, statues of political thugs and lighting them on fire 
or pulling them down or whatever. To make room for the new political thugs who will inevitably take for place. That's the problem, Vincent. It's so hard to get excited uh, for a regime change because all you get is a new regime. Well, exactly. And you know, I, I made the I made the, uh, the 1984 quote the last time I was on, so I'll make the... Uh, it's like Animal, animal Farm, right? Mm-hmm. People wonder why Animal Farm doesn't have a happy ending, because if it, if it did have a happy ending, then the whole point of a book about what revolutions do... Right. And, uh, you know, uh, George Orwell, he saw exactly what revolutions did when he fought in the uh, Spanish Civil War on the side of a communist. And, uh, yeah, I'll say it again, you know, the revolution is not... Or the uh, dictatorship is not to safeguard any revolution. All revolutions just safeguard a new dictatorship. The toll-free number, if you want to join us here, it's 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. At least 47 people have been detained since Monday. At least one protester reported dead as of today, according to Foro Penal, a nonprofit legal firm that tracks and defends political prisoners. As people started to gather on a rainy Caracas morning, protests in some areas were being dispersed by security forces with tear gas. Nevertheless, crowds surged into the hundreds of thousands. In eastern Caracas, people yelled, Who are we? Venezuela. What do we want? What do you think they said? Uh, What do we want? Change. Freedom. Oh, freedom. They actually claim they want freedom. But once again, I'm going to be skeptical on this because every movement to upend some sort of dictator or somebody that you know is terrible terrifying whatever um they're always asking for freedom and liberty liberty and freedom are two words that you hear around all these kind of protest opposition movements but the reality is all they really want is freedom from maduro's rule they're not yet i mean many of them maybe there are some libertarians down there but you know they're probably like the libertarians here Less than one percent of uh, you know any voting population. Probably uh, a lot skinnier than libertarians here too. That's probably true. Gabriela Artisimuno, a forty-year-old lawyer, escaped tear gas in western Caracas and quickly joined the crowd in the east. Uh, fear, she said. No, nothing. Freedom and my children are all I care about. I want everything I had before. Before all this tragedy. The actions, according to the story here, against Maduro took place as U.S. officials sought to undermine him for recent days. Vice President Mike Pence Tuesday called Maduro, quote, a dictator with no legitimate claim to power and backed the opposition protest as a, quote, call for freedom. Coming on the hills of a series of U.S. sanctions, the move prompted Maduro late Tuesday to order a revision of diplomatic ties with the United States. Maduro responded Tuesday saying, quote, Never before has an official of such high rank gone out in the name of his government to say the Venezuelan opposition should overthrow the government, unquote. He then threatened the diplomatic action. We then heard Trump respond to that uh, by saying, we're not leaving. We're not taking our diplomats out. Uh, So let's see here. Experts call Maduro's move to sever these relations with Washington risk. Such a move could give the Trump administration the trigger it's been looking for to take harsher steps, including freezing remaining government accounts uh, and assets. They were even talking about taking the Venezuelan government accounts in banks in around other countries in the world and just handing them over to the opposition. So that would be an interesting way to change, uh, you know, the, the sort of a windfall of profits literally to the opposing side. They say here that uh, such a radical step could help Maduro mobilize Venezuelans against a common enemy 
to the north, if they cut the relations, that is, uh, could put at risk the administration's control of Sitco, the U.S.-based oil firm owned by the Venezuelan government. So when you're buying Sitco gas, you're supporting Venezuela. You're supporting the Maduro state. Official state television channel Wednesday showed images of pro-Maduro crowds and urged viewers to join a counter-protest. The narrator said, The streets belong to Chavismo! Referring to the government's left-wing ideology and encouraging people to use that as a hashtag on Twitter. Oh boy, the, the government endorsing hashtags. Isn't that great? Whose streets? Charito's streets. Chavismo! <laughs> At the pro-government demonstration, people wore red caps. as communism. And listen to Maduro and Chavez campaign songs. Guillermo Blanco, employee of Venezuela State Oil Company, says, quote, Yesterday there was an insolent call by the United States. Today we have to go out to defend the revolution. We don't take orders from anyone. Except, except Maduro. Yeah. So free number, 855-450-FREE. Like freedom. You can join us here. we got hour number three on the way. And you can bring up whatever you want. It is Free Talk Live. We'll talk Ocasio. You want to know the 37 items you must have to survive a crisis? Then I've got some good news for you. Former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author, Jason Hansen is now giving listeners a free copy of his book, The Escape Bag Blueprint, 37 Items You Must Have to Survive a Crisis. You can claim your copy at freeescapebook.com. Don't delay. Jason reveals the guns, knives, flashlights, and water filters that could save your life in an economic collapse or grid-down event. Get your free book today, freeescapebook.com freeescapebook.com Free Talk Live This is Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free and bring up anything you want. Our number here is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, Ian. And Vincent. We've also got the Discord on-air call-in-line rooms. Coming up. I think we've talked enough about Venezuela. I think we've pretty much... Two hours is enough. ...outlined uh, what is going on down there as protests continue with tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in the streets across uh, the Venezuelan uh, country. And, of course, many centered there in Caracas. If you want to weigh in on that, you're certainly welcome to do so. But... We're going to continue. We'll take your calls and thoughts. And uh, this Ocasio-Cortez, uh, the uh, the young socialist chick. Representative from, from New York. New City. York. Uh, who I guess we had, we talked about her a little bit last week when, when you were on. Vincent, yeah, I, I, right? didn't, I didn't know it was, a, it was a coincidence that you brought her up only when I was here. Because like as yeah. you, with the Onion story about Fox News obsessing over her. All oh being, yeah, you know, 24-7. All exactly, yeah. I mean, she's basically given via right-wing media some a punching bag or a, or a doll or something to talk about constantly. And it's like, really? I be When I was at my dad's place just a few weeks ago, he has Fox News on all the time. I turned Fox News. Oh, coming up, Ocasio-Cortez. Like every show, we're talking about something she's saying. And I mean, if, if she's doing this on purpose, she's a genius because, you know, there's no... No such thing as bad publicity. Well, there's people who disagree with that particular saying, but I think it Those tends people are to be, called wrong. I think it tends to be a true statement. Um, in the case of Ocasio-Cortez, now we actually have not reported on her very much. I think we touched on her uh, election, you know, back when it was happening. Well, we're not but, reporting on her either. We're just saying all, we're just repeating all the stupid everything stuff. She says. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, she is kind of like Trump. He's kind of like a gold mine, right? For uh, for talk radio, he does and says some dumb things too. 
Um, but he also does some really entertaining stuff as well, like you know, firing a bunch of bureaucrats or politicians and um, or shutting down the government for record lengths. Yes, it's still presumably shut down. I haven't heard they've started it back up. So we're now over a month at this point of the government shutdown. So you know, every now and then he's getting something right too, like the meeting with Kim Jong Un. Uh, last year, which, by the way, Trump and Kim Jong-un expected to meet again coming up in February. There's a headline uh, that Kim Jong-un was saying, quote, uh, he expects or, or he, ex- he expects, quote, step by step talks. So the North Korean government has already been making steps towards denuclearization as part of their agreement that they made last year with Trump and South Korea. And so this is going to take that presumably to uh, whatever the next step is. So I, th- I think that's. You know, I got to say that to me so far is Trump's biggest win. The negotiating of some kind of peace between North and South Korea. Now, I don't know if they've officially ended the war yet, but they're uh, they're working towards that eventual goal. So, I think that's great news. Let's go to David. He's in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Vincent. Yeah, what a coincidence. I talked to AOC last week. AOC uh, you mean the administrative office of the courts, which is what you've been calling about over the last several days. So what's the latest? I wanted to reply to the question you posed uh, um, as you were ending the topic on, on that, uh, or responding to me yesterday. And that is um, that uh, you, we, you have the, first of all, you have the state agency complaints, so that uh, you may have some luck or more likely they'll just ignore you. Like Your question was about what do you do when there's malfeasance within the government? Who do you go to? Right. And so so the various agencies like the attorney general, the state auditor, et cetera, you can file complaints with them and, and maybe they'll help. Maybe they won't. More likely they won't because mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of censuring their own um, and they don't like to do that. And so the and the outside the agencies. So the other issue and a better a better likelihood of a of a positive outcome would be to take it to court, and then you have to uh, look at whether you're talking about state court or federal court. Mm-hmm. And um, in the state court, once again, you're less likely to have a great outcome because the state they're all cronies within the state court. They all know each other. Great yep. degree. Yeah, they all know each other, and uh, even though it's a little bit easier to force a judge to do the right thing if the law says clearly that that the judge must do what you want them to do um it's a little bit easier to force their hand even when they don't want to they they still have the crony system going on and i know that you're not quite a a real fan of the uh federal courts however i've been watching uh the the judges here in the federal courts for uh, you know a decade as well and i have seen some favorable results come out on questions like this especially from a Judge, uh, federal judge um, uh, James Parker, and another one, uh, Judge Browning. They 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 actually have helped some people, so so that's a good sign. Okay. And the grounds for for going in, I mean, if you go into state court, you're going on the argument that the state, is, you know, here the state has written this uh, statute, and mm-hmm. and clearly the evidence shows that the state is violating the statute, and and you try to get the state court on on that and and get them to simply write an order and an injunction. Right. And in that uh, case, if the court were to write an order saying, "You bad state actors, you need to do as we say or as I say, I the state, I the courts uh say," then if the state actor does not do as that judge demands, uh that would then be contempt of court. 
So you may be right. Federal court may be your best bet as far as trying to hold state government bureaucrats accountable. Thank you, David, for the call tonight. Uh, the toll-free number is 855-450 for you. Because then if you're held in contempt, then in theory, the judge could throw you in prison over that. Because contempt is sort of this inherent power of the Western court systems. It doesn't exist in any kind of statute. There's nothing written down that really talks about contempt being authorized by, say, uh, the Constitution or authorized by the uh, you know the legislature. It's just it's just accepted. like a, a relic power. Yeah, it's just accepted as what a man in a robe uh, can get away with. So, and there's of course criminal contempt. There's direct criminal contempt. There's indirect criminal contempt. I think there's civil contempt as well. I don't know a whole lot about civil contempt. I don't know if civil contempt can be punished with jail, but I suspect it can. If it's if it's uh, you know ordered by a judge and you violate it, they take that pretty serious. Well, and I will say in some cases, uh, and I don't know if this is a point that David try, uh, was trying to make, but like you know, usually federal, you know, anything federal uh, uh, sounds bad, you know, because just 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 the way things are. But mm-hmm. in some cases, where like the local courts are, you know, in deep in the pockets of whatever local boss hog who's running the town, yep. Uh, I, you know, f- federal court does seem like a decent, uh, slightly less biased alternative. Like I remember what was it back uh, before he took. The plea deal, Chris Cantwell, he was worried about being tried. He wanted his trial to be outside of Charlottesville because it was too uh, corrupt. Was, yeah, absolutely. Not just for corruption. I mean, versus the corruption is one thing. And I but think also- they, they did not give him that uh, when he motioned for that change of venue. They did not give it to him. That's why. He t- that, that's why I believe he took uh, took the deal. That's one of the reasons. Yeah, he figured he was going to get a raw deal, so he went ahead and took the less raw deal. I would be curious to see how it would have played out in federal court, though. It sure would be interesting if we could play two different versions of reality and uh, and actually compare, you know, what would happen. Unfortunately, we don't get that ability. Now, we will get to make the uh, decision as to whether or not predictions come true, because you can't compare two different versions of reality, but when somebody sits here today and says X is going to occur, and then further says that <laughs> X is going to occur within Y amount of time, well, then you can get just wait until that time frame goes goes by and see whether that prediction was correct. According to a story over at Grabian News, Grabian.com, Ocasio-Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York, said the world's going to end in 12 years unless the government takes action. Said this on Monday at a Martin Luther King forum in New York City. Here's an excerpt from her interview with Tanahisi Coates. Quote, and I think the I don't know what she sounds like. And I think the part of it that is generational is that millennials and people, because millennials aren't people, uh, in Gen Z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. Your biggest issue, your biggest issue is how are you going to pay for it? How are you going to pay for what? Well, pay for what? What is she talking about? Do you have any idea? No, no. I, I'm still stuck. You know, she's talking about climate change. If the government taking care of climate change in 12 years, I want to know what the government wants is going to do about Nibiru. What the heck is that? Nibiru? Isn't that like a moon or something like that? Secret planet? What was the Nibiru? I, I just he, he hear it. It's coming. I keep hearing it. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, isn't it going to like destroy the, the Earth's orbit or something? What's the fear with this thing? You're uh, laughing. You must know what the claims are. <laughs> well, I, I want you to, to tell G- me. I was listening up. to GCN the other day. Hold on. I want you <laughs> Hold on. We'll find out about this because I know I've heard about this nonsense claptrap on the way. It's Free Talk Live.
It's Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. It's Vincent. Former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author Jason Hansen is giving away a book that covers the 37 items you must have to survive a crisis. Things that can save your life in an economic collapse or grid-down event at freeescapebook.com. It's the Escape Bag Blueprint, 37 items you must have to survive a crisis. It's free for a limited time at freeescapebook.com. These 37 items don't come from some internet list. Instead, they come from Jason's experience as a CIA officer where he had escape bags. In his free book, he also gives advice on what are the best guns, knives, flashlights, and water filters to have in an economic collapse or grid-down event. You can get your copy at freeescapebook.com. That's freeescapebook.com as we continue here. Uh, we were talking about this Ocasio-Cortez making a prediction that basically the world's going to end in 12 years. She says, this is an actual quote, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And there's more to her quote. We'll uh, share that. But then, for whatever reason, you brought up this Nibiru thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, inside joking aside, Nibiru is like, it's been predicted for, pro- I think, decades maybe, right? And it's it's like, it's to get people to, in, in this case, in my, my belief in Nibiru, it's like some rogue planet's going to crash into the earth. And it's to get people, you know, some people like being scared, right? It's like why sure. people like watching scary movies. And so in some cases, you know, and some people like listening to fear porn like Alex Jones. It makes some, life more interesting for Exactly. Them, right? And I think this is what, and that's why I make the comparison in Nibiru because, uh, what was it, uh, I haven't seen an, an inconvenient truth in a while, but like from what I've understood, because usually when Al Gore speaks, it goes through one ear and out the other. But this guy said like by now we'd be all underwater, and he's making all these ap- apocalyptic <laughs> predictions, saying, "Oh, within by my ten- book, you know, exactly." Watch mm-hmm. my movie, watch yeah. the sequel, do this while he's flying around in, in in a private jet. And so I think this is exactly what Ocasio Cortez is doing. She's trying to, or well, maybe she's not even trying. Maybe she's, she's trying that, to gin up fear. For well, sure. that, that the way she sounded it and maybe you know obviously when you write down when you transcribe what someone says you know they have the ums and like so it makes someone sound naturally stupid so I, i'd want to listen to how she said it actually but mm. uh yeah if she's not trying to make fear porn uh it's just pretty pretty stupid right at least alex jones when he makes fear porn he's vague about it so you can't call him out he doesn't give actual concrete dates of it that is generational is you actually that do get what she how millennials she and people and you know gen z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change and your biggest issue <laughs> is Yay! let's address your, climate your, change now what does that actually mean carbon taxes and how is that going to address anything? Well, you see, uh, if people have to pay more money to put gas in other uh, cars and pay more money for cars, they're not going to buy cars or gas anymore. Yeah, but they still got to get where they're going to go. Well, uh, we, we don't think that far ahead. <laughs> Let's not worry about that. Let's just get... You know, it's like what Nancy Pelosi said. We got to pass the bill to find out find what's, out what's in, in it. it. Um, I'm kind of having fun reading her actual statement. Do you want to actually just listen to it, or should I continue? To, Not Ian, uh, you could continue. I you you did a pretty spot on. Your biggest issue, your biggest issue is how are you going to pay for it? And it's and what is it again? What is it? You know of these pronouns. She's going to mind her. Pronouns. The government. Uh, look, the marketplace. If people want green, the marketplace is providing that. 
the marketplace is showing people green, right? Here's a, here's some cars you can buy that don't even have gasoline. Here's some cars that are the hybrids, where they're kind of half gas, they're half, you know, battery powered. Well, either way, no, the battery, where does the battery power come from? They plug it into an outlet that goes back to a coal or gas coal power mine. plant. Exactly, not a coal mine, a, a power plant. Sure. And yeah, so it does, it's, just, it's just a waste of electricity. You know, you might as well just stick the gas straight into the car. Uh, she says, and like, it's the war. Or excuse me, like this is the war. This is our World War Two, and I think for younger people looking at this, are more like, how are we saying let's take it easy when three thousand Americans died last year? From what? I'm sure a lot more than three thousand Americans died. From what? <laughs> how are we saying let's take it easy when the end person died from our cruel and unjust criminal justice system? Now she's right about that because we, uh, I think we looked at that well, it last week, right? Clock. Yeah. So we, look, we looked at her position on criminal justice last week, and she's, she's pretty good on that issue. But uh, she's not well informed. How are we saying take it easy? The American where, they're living to, where we're living today is dystopian with people sleeping in their cars so they can work a second job without health care. And we're told to settle down. When she says you're told to settle down, does that mean stop complaining or settle down with a family? It's a fundamental separation between that fierce urgency of now. Then why can't we wait? The why can't we wait? That King spoke of. Oh, Martin Luther King, right? Because it was Martin Luther King uh, Day that she was speaking on. That at some point this chronic reality do a bre- do reach a breaking point, and I think for our generation it reached that. I wish I didn't have to be doing every post, but sometimes I just feel like people aren't being held accountable. So that's why I'm posting on Twitter. Okay, I added that last line, but that's what she's talking about, right? When she talks about doing every post. I mean, again, she's not crystal clear with what she's saying. She's just rambling. So that's what she means, right? Posting on social media. Like, this is how she's holding people accountable. Well, Ian, that's her activism, right? Posting online is activism. She says, until we start pitching in and holding people accountable, I'm just going to let them have it. Let them tweet. Update. Ocasio-Cortez responded to Grabian's post. She writes, quote, For some reason the GOP thinks seems to think this is a gaffe, but it's actually a generational difference. Young people understand that climate change is an existential threat. 3,000 Americans died in Hurricane Maria. What? Is that true? Well, I mean, people are going to die. Hurricanes have been happening even before we had Hummers and uh, SUVs, lady. I mean, people die mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, it's like, you know, when they talk about, uh, I'd say who what killed more Americans than the uh, hurricane was the government's uh, incompetency in dealing with it, right? Like, there's what, some, town, some townships or counties in Texas refused to give aid to certain towns or certain people if uh, if they didn't sign a contract saying that they would not boycott the state of israel so the government i mean like if 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 there was like no government i'm sure just as many if not fewer people would die from these hurricanes than they already do right now we're not even beginning to talk about the disaster that was katrina so uh you know she's trying mm. to blame mother nature on these or she's trying to blame climate change for all these deaths uh, look a little bit <laughs> right. closer to home there aoc yeah, uh, I did just look this up, by the way, Vincent. According to Wikipedia on Hurricane Maria, the death toll in Puerto Rico was initially reported as just 64, but revised after several studies estimated between 1,400 and 5,740 deaths were attributed uh, to the storm. The official estimate of 2,975, so close to 3,000, as she said, 
based on a study commissioned by the governor of Puerto Rico. Well, that's honest, right? It's a government study. The more bodies, the more uh, The more funding. Yeah. Exactly. So that's a huge discrepancy to go from 64 dead to 3,000 people dead. Uh, The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And uh, you can bring up anything that you want. You can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. Also, there's our Discord on-air call-in line rooms. They're open and available to you. Jump on into one of those. We'll put you on the air with us. You can talk about anything you want here on Free Talk Live. Um, I guess that's it uh, from Ocasio-Cortez. But uh, we have more on the way, and you can bring up what you want. LRN.FM now has a Discord. Discord is a free text and voice chat platform, and we now have our own server with a bunch of channels at discord.lrn.fm. You can join other listeners as they chat about various things during our live shows or anytime, day or night. Discord software is available cross-platform, so you can have it on whatever device you want and take your chats anywhere. Join our Discord at discord.lrn.fm. That's discord.lrn.fm. It's Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free. Join us here. Bring up anything that you want with you tonight. It's Ian. And Vincent. Uh, that toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Whether it's the Venezuelan conflict that continues to uh, bubble up down south or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is saying the world is going to end in just 12 years' time. And there are people out there who will buy this stuff. Well, you you know, end in 12 years time due to climate change, right? That's what she's claiming. Yeah. Um, exactly what that means. I don't know. Uh, you know, what does the world ending look like when it's due to climate change? Is she saying there's going to be a bunch of hurricanes that are going to, you know, exterminate the entire world's population? Is the earth going to become so hot that you cannot survive uh, anymore? Is the studio's going to get some beachfront property. I think that's what they're saying here. I King's just going to be beachfront. I just don't understand it. Florida's I mean, going to disappear. World, so you're I, saying Florida's going to go back well, underwater? Yeah, okay. So from what I remember in all the indoctrination of the climate change. Right, because you're still in college. You're still well, getting no, no, it, not right? even No, no, not from the college. I mean, I could luckily I could avoid that. I'm talking about the place I can avoid it, which is back at the mm-hmm, uh, high school. Yeah, at the high school, the junior high, the elementary school. It's it's all, all there, all sorts of propaganda. And so I remember very saying how like polar bears are going to be extinct they said how um like nations like what was it like the in the caribbean southeast mm-hmm. asia underwater london's mm. going to be underwater netherlands going to be underwater Florida's but didn't they be say gone. in the New 70s there was going to be an ice age yeah in the 70s they said there's global cooling and they had the idea of uh putting a bunch of soot all over Antarctica <laughs> to absorb the sun. And then it's like 10 or Jesus. 20, a few decades later, we're like, oops, we are all wrong. You got an out. But but now we're right, right? And if you, did, right, if, yeah. if you don't believe us, you're going to jail for being a climate denier. We're trying to arrest people for denying. Are they really? Well, I mean, you know, I, I shouldn't even use their terms, right? The climate's always changing. We're trying to, they, what they really want to do is arrest anyone who speaks out against uh, uh, carbon taxes. The uh, official. I. E. Yeah, i.e. global warming. 
Just, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. There's been so much confusion on the issue of climate and the environment. And I don't understand why anybody believes these people. I don't understand why anybody puts any stock into these people's predictions. Well, because you have they have the media, they have uh, the academia, the they have all yeah right. the schools, the media. That's, That's all true. you need. That's all you need to control because yep. all you have to do is say, well, that doesn't make any sense. And you have all the oh, but all these people on TV, oh, and my teacher, oh, you know, are you denying science? Are you an idiot? Oh, do but you, all the scientists say exactly well, right? when they say like ninety nine percent of climate scientists or something. It's like ninety nine percent. I'm not sure about this exact figure, but a lot of the times they would say. Out of all the people who were there, right, that they mm-hmm. hand select, they agree with that. So there's all sorts of ways to fudge the numbers. Yeah. I remember they had something that said, they had like a decree that said, oh, the sun doesn't affect Earth's climate. So so we're not going to think about that when we talk about climate change, the sun. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, story here from, let's see. Oh, of course, we'll take your calls and thoughts, by the way. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You know, Vincent, there has been in the news these uh, French protesters. And uh, we can talk about them coming up here in a little bit. But you actually had uh, you had something else, didn't you? Something that you wanted to get on here. Uh, yeah, well, I, I had several things, you know, we could go in either way, right? They're both related to AOC or or, uh, or global warming. I have here, so uh, Apple from... Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, so uh, I guess we'll go into that one. So Apple, they, uh, I, I remember reading somewhere anecdotally that they're having a hard time. Yeah, somewhere I saw that most of their profits come from sales of phones. And they have all different, they have like three new phone models planning to come out. Me, I have the same, I don't have an, uh, an an iPhone, but I've had the same model of smartphone ever since high school, right? I've had this for years. And, wow. their, and their business model uh, is expecting that people, from my understanding of it, is that people are just going to buy a new phone every year, right? And the phones it's cost It's crazy. Like, uh, absolutely. Like, I, I don't. And even these are thousand check- dollar phones. You're oh talking yeah, yeah, about. big time expensive. That I, I don't even think that's taking into account the line fee, the uh, the phone bill. Uh, it's just the phone, the hardware itself. And they're like, oh well, the, you know, all the changes and stuff. Like my dad would like to stay updated with technology and he's like well what what differences are there right between the, one phone and the next yeah like what? oh you know the model model 8 is different than model 9 because model 9 takes pictures in 4k while model 8 takes pictures in 2k mm-hmm. and it's like what's well, going to wreck your computer anyways when you put it on so what's the point so it's just like i think they uh my, my understanding is they you know put all their eggs in one basket right they you know they have they make money from selling computers proprietary things like um not not photoshop that's adobe but all their stuff is proprietary to apple it's the hardware itself is proprietary you can't get oh. into the computers or, easily to repair them in a lot of cases or it's just said software rather and so but then they put all their eggs in one basket in regards to to these phones and so i guess we're trying to hop onto the bandwagon here this is a story from breitbart.com published uh published today called apple predicts quote global warming will increase iphone demand huh how's that so i'll just get into it apple expects greater demand for iphones as a result of global warming according to a report assessing the impact of on of climate change on business on its business Quote, mobile devices can serve as a backbone communication network in emergency and quasi-emergency situations, Apple wrote in its report released Tuesday. They could serve as flashlight or a siren. They could, provi- <laughs> they could provide first aid instructions. They can act as a radio. And they could be charged for many days 
via car battery or even hand cranks it said over time as people begin to experience severe weather events of greater frequency wow. we expect an increasing need for confidence and preparedness in the arena of personal safety there, and well-being of loved ones i don't okay is anybody actually claiming it wouldn't surprise me if this is you know the environmental so-called environmental viewpoint and i like the environment by the way i like clean air and clean water and trees and you know parks that's all fine and i think those are great but are they actually claiming that these uh, natural disasters, tornadoes and uh, uh, hurricanes, typhoons, that these things are actually happening at a greater frequency? It's that, BS. It seems to be what they're implying, yeah, or people's just you know memory uh, attention spans are getting shorter. Well, what I'm calling BS on is the fact that, like, oh, it could service as a flashlight. Yeah, a poor one. It could service as a siren. Yeah, a poor, a poor one. one. Like, why don't, you know, instead of, ha- it's like, you know, a jack of all trades is a master of none. Yeah. Instead of saying, like, oh, yeah, like, let's say, let, let's say, if God forbid, there's like a flood or a disaster. Well, actually, no, this keen could really do for a flood or disaster here, all the degenerates and waste of life around here but <laughs> he, he went uh, through a flood uh in 2005 god, god forbid well we're, we're in in for another one of those um you know clean the gene pool we're talking about darwinism uh, i don't think anybody so died god, god forbid i'm in a in a situation like that if i have a phone oh you know okay here don't worry guys i have my first yeah, aid phone my first aid instructions my flashlight yeah, my as stuff. long as you haven't been well, playing games on it and you took the battery down to one percent or right? as long as you don't let them do updates on it that slowly kills your battery so you could buy a new one in a sick twisted planned obsolescence uh but aside from that, that is like, an issue by the way planned obsolescence and apple has been accused of that they've been accused of purposefully disabling phone speed basically like slowing down their phones after a certain period of time so as to encourage people to be like man my phone's so slow i guess i gotta get the new iphone and yeah and so and they have a goal to say oh this could help you out in an emergency right well what's going to happen if you know you're on update number five and your 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 phone is like has a 10 second delay or whatever uh you know versus a rescue plane and you turn on your phone siren uh but it takes too long to turn on and the plane is gone so like instead of teaching people to be responsible saying have you know these are things people should all own a survival guide a flashlight i don't know about a siren but you know flashlight could do have had you know first aid instructions a radio all these things people should be owning they're saying oh your phone could do that and people probably for a disaster people will be using their phones not for that stuff but to be calling for help calling the government for help a call that's never going to come right most yeah. people they say like i, I there's a they classroom don't, they don't was, have an obligation to help you oh not even that but like people can't even help themselves they're just so dependent right there's like a, a survey taken of a classroom somewhere and they said the person asked the children what or the, maybe students or i forget who but they said well, what would you do if it was a uh, disaster only one person said prepare the house everyone else said go get help go call the government right <laughs> call the government and that's why you have millions of people dying during yeah. disasters uh the toll-free number tonight 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 moments remain enough time for you if you join us now it's free talk live Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. In these remaining moments, we've got enough time for you. But if you don't get in here on our radio show tonight, coming up in just under 20 minutes, we will be starting our after show called Freer Talk Live on the Twitch platform. Now, what is Twitch? Vincent, how would you describe Twitch? Oh, well, Twitch is a streaming platform where it's originally supposed to be for people to play games, but uh, people do other things on there that are streamed. 
Yeah, they opened up the um, categories to include a talk shows category a couple, I think, a couple of years ago. We joined Twitch, actually, it was January of last year. So we're celebrating our first year of streaming on Twitch. And thank you to all these over 600 uh, po- folks who viewed who are now followers on Twitch. And so if you want to follow our Twitch channel, just go to twitch.lrn.fm. You can hit the follow button there. You do have to be signed into your Twitch account in order to do that. And if you don't have one, it's okay. They're free accounts, so go ahead and sign up for one. And uh, we certainly appreciate the support. It's one way you can follow what we do and uh, watch video of the show as it happens live or later on after the fact. All right. uh, So the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Jonathan in Oregon, listening via iHeartRadio. Hello, Jonathan. Uh, It's Gavin, actually. Gavin? Okay. Yes. All right. What's on your mind tonight? Well, there's several things. I I wanted to get to the first thing that I, I agree with you almost half the time. All right. And uh, you're, you're, on, you're on my progressive channel somehow. <laughs> oh, are you listening I, to uh, KABQ out in Albuquerque? I'm listening. Yeah, probably. I'm listening to iHeartRadio. Okay, so, gotcha. Uh, you, you, you get on my, my feed, and I listen to you guys. And I try to, like, figure out, you know, uh, what I agree with and what I don't. And okay. the first thing I want to comment on is a couple weeks ago, you uh, commented that uh, one of you guys said that uh, the government workers don't do a real job. Basically, you said, yeah, uh, uh, someone get in there that does a real job, that does a real job. And I, what I, 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 I think I, think I said, I, I think you're talking about me. I just want to clarify what I what I said was and it was sort of an overarching claim. And it's it's and I, I, th- I think I corrected myself afterwards. What I said was. The government workers should go get real jobs in the productive economy. You mean now, the free market? The, that's yeah, the, the marketplace. Because they might be productive, and they might actually be obviously doing work. I mean, I've worked for the government several points in my uh, my career. Right. But like, a, you mean like a real job is in like it's actually naturally created by the free market, not a uh, you know. Like, that's what I meant, and and I do want to clarify: there are people who work for the government whose roles would exist in a marketplace, like the people who clear snow from the streets, why, for instance. Go ahead. Why does it have to exist in the free market to be a real job? What I meant was a productive job, a job well, that is actually. I can answer. I can, no, no. I, okay, now he's talking about what I said. I can answer that. Yeah, it's a real job because the government creates demand for things. It's not natural demand uh, by based on the market or the invisible hand. Well, well, the government is a natural entity that 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 actually does real stuff that helps the people in the country. And the next thing I want to the government whoa, whoa, is. Whoa, 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 we can't just whoa. let you go to the next thing here. Uh, if you want to call every night, you are welcome to call every night with whatever list of things you want to talk about. But the government is uh, is not natural unless you consider using violence against your neighbors to be a natural thing. Do you support using violence against your neighbors? Nation state. Uh, well, I don't think the government does that. But you don't think? Have you ever heard of the innocent people being bombed by the U.S. federal government in the Middle East? Oh, absolutely. I agree with you on that. See, that's one of the things I agree oh, with. Oh, okay. So you do yeah, agree that the, the government, government is violent. Also, okay, hold on, hold on. I just have a few more questions here. Just look, brother. You called at the very end of the show here, and if you've got a list of things you want to talk about, we are here seven nights a week, okay? So there's plenty more time to talk about whatever other issues you have. So you've acknowledged that the government will bomb innocent, peaceful people in the Middle East. Okay, we agree on that. And that's wrong. 
Okay. That's wrong. Okay. That's I'm with wrong. I'm with you there. Let me ask you this then. What about when the government cracks? What about when the government police uh, roll a uh, uh, an armored personnel carrier through somebody's front door, throw roll tear gas canisters into the uh, baby's bedroom, throw a tear gas canister into the baby's bed, and then just you know incinerate the baby? How about that? Is that something you support? That's where I agree with you. That's where I agree with you. But let me. Okay, but that's the government on. being violent well, well, to let's, people, let's right? Let's hear his rationale. Okay, okay, let me move on, please. I'm no. talking about socialism in Venezuela. Your comments about socialism in Venezuela. All right. That was the main point of my call. Okay. You, you, I, I don't understand. You guys seem so intelligent. Okay. I am intelligent. And you Thank don't. You. Uh, right, and I think you are. But you, Thank you. you seem to equate Venezuelan quote unquote socialism with Scandinavian or, or Northwest European socialism. Mm, There's no comparison. No, actually, Besides, we didn't equate those things. We, we didn't equate those things. Um, if you Ocasio Cortez, we were quote. I, I remember that was brought up. Ian quoted Oca- or it was quoting AOC because she said she didn't want Venezuelan socialism. She wanted Scandinavian well, that's right, socialism. That's right. And one of the differences between you know maybe you misunderstood or maybe we didn't explain correctly, but one of the differences between Venezuelan socialism and the uh, you know, the Nordic states. Is that the Nordic states aren't running their government? You know, run, aren't the governments aren't nationalizing industries there like they did in Venezuela? Right. And exactly, so, right. it's not run by dictators. They're not. No, it run doesn't by have. Dictators. It doesn't have to do with the dictatorship. The classic socialism is the takeover of industry. You understand that, right? No. Well, no. It, there's actually like seventy different kinds of socialism. If you look it up on the internet, there's all democratic socialism is not. It's not I don't close. care well, what the different mil- kinds There's are. thousands of different species of fish, but they all do the same thing. They're all called fish, and they all swim in the uh, sea. No, so no, they, don't. they might look they don't. different. This country, this country has been socialist since well, uh, since since the end of the Depression. Okay, you are correct. The United States is right a socialist now. country. You are correct. However, right. it's not it's socialist not. completely, it's and. Many of these countries around the world are also not completely socialist like, because a socialist country is one in which the state owns and operates the means of production. Am I right about that, Vincent? Well, I'd say what we are in is crony capitalism. Yeah. That's why I support democratic socialism because what it does is it provides, a, it provides capitalism and it also provides a social safety net for those who fall through. So did you support okay. Obama? Did you vote for Obama? Absolutely. Okay. All right. He's, he's he's on. Okay. All right. At least he's honest. Uh, because no, Obama, was a, uh, right. o- Obama was a Obama was a democratic socialist. Uh, I believe he described. So him. you're saying that under Demo- I don't. You know, this is the first time I've heard this definition of democratic socialism. You're saying under democratic socialism, capitalism exists and the state doesn't own industry. Absolutely. It, it, look at look at the look look at the Northwest Europe. So democratic socialism is only where people have their money stolen from them to support uh, welfare programs? Is that what you're saying? It's not, it's not stolen. It's to support... What happens society. when you take something that's not yours without permission? What's that called? <laughs> it's not yours because you get it because you all the, all the things that socialism supports, roads, highways... Uh, Hold on. Are you saying we can't have roads and highways without theft? Well, fascism, you know, via Audubon was built under fascism. You really think that you really think the private industry is going to provide those things? Um, yes, I got news for you. Who do you think builds the damn roads? You think the government goes out there with a bunch of tar and, you know, throws that down? No, they hire private companies 
to build the roads. And they pay them way too much to do it. Because the roads that we've got, for instance, here in New Hampshire, and many people complain about their roads where they live, they suck. And they could be better, but we don't have competition. We don't have a free marketplace. So therefore, costs don't go down. Go ahead, Jonathan. Hello? Hello? Well, what happened? What happened? I thought you cut me off for a second. No, I put you on hold because I wanted to make sure I got that out. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, okay. No problem. What happens is the conservatives get into government, and then they destroy the government, and then they say, look, government doesn't work. The government doesn't work because we destroyed it. That's what they do. Conservatives and liberals destroy peace and freedom. Conservatives and liberals hate freedom. They're all paradigm. They're all the enemies of liberty, and they're all doing destruction to freedom. So here's what I'd like you to do. No, no. The answer is no government, no coercion whatsoever between human beings. And here's what I have to say to you, Jonathan. If you want to keep going, I think. No. Oh, is it Gavin? I'm sorry. I. That's what they wrote on the call screening software, so I keep keep saying the same. Sorry, Gavin. Um, here's what I would recommend you do. Vincent and I are going to be, oh, yeah. in less than 10 minutes' time, on the Twitch platform, which will, by the way, have no FCC censorship, so you can say more of what you can't say. No over commercial here. breaks. No commercial breaks. Um, and basically, no breaks whatsoever, unless we want to take one for some reason. I'm probably going to have to pee. Yeah. Yeah, we'll try to uh, get that done here before we start it. We'll start at about 10.06 Eastern time. So if you want to keep this conversation going, I would recommend that you call into that show. You'll need to call a different number. It'll be on the screen over at twitch.lrn.fm. That's twitch.lrn.fm. If you can't listen to us there tonight, that's fine. We're back on. We're every night, seven nights a week, seven to ten at night Eastern time. You said you had a list of things you wanted to talk about. Let's talk about was, one every single night. It was interesting. It was every fun. single night. The best call of the night. Um, yeah, thank you for the call. I appreciate that. And join us on Twitch here in moments over at twitch.lrn.fm. This has been the Free Talk Live Radio. Some of you asked, and now we've delivered. LRN.fm's live Keene, New Hampshire studio shows are now streamed in HD on Twitch. Visit our channel at twitch.lrn.fm and give it a follow. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free subscription on Twitch. If you use it on our channel, Twitch will give LRN.fm a monthly piece of your Prime subscription cost. So please watch, follow, share, and subscribe to twitch.lrn.fm. That's twitch.lrn.fm. 